Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, the Trump administration is throwing its support to an anti-gay baker from Colorado at the U.S. Supreme Court. A new study in the U.K. shows gay folks are still afraid to hold hands in public. Ellen DeGeneres admits she was told to tone down the gay in the early years of her talk show. And Laverne Cox booked another network series. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. While Donald Trump campaigned on the idea that he would be better for the gays than Hillary Clinton, his presidency isn't bearing out that as truth. Trump's Justice Department filed a brief this week with the Supreme Court arguing that businesses that are open to the public have a constitutional right to discriminate against LGBT people. Filed as a friend of the court brief in Masterpiece Cake Shop v. Colorado Civil Rights Commission, The Trump administration sided with the Colorado baker, Jack Phillips, who refused to serve a same-sex couple seeking a cake for their wedding reception. Lower courts have previously found that Masterpiece Cake Shop violated Colorado's non-discrimination law when it refused service to David Mullins and Charlie Craig. In addition, House and Senate Republicans are also throwing their support behind Masterpiece Cake Shop. Eighty-six Republican lawmakers announced their plans Thursday to send their own amicus brief on behalf of Masterpiece Cake Shop. The lawmakers claim the government is trying to tell Phillips how to exercise his artistic expression and send a message that contradicts his deeply held beliefs. Phillips, who will appear before the Supreme Court later this term, said he has lost 40% of his business and most of his staff for standing up for what he believes. But the Colorado Civil Rights Division said in briefs there was no discussion between Phillips and the couple about what the cake would look like or what message would be presented. According to court documents, quote, Petitioners acted not based on the design of the requested cake or the message it might have conveyed, but based on a blanket policy of refusing to sell a wedding cake of any kind to any same-sex couple, end quote. Stay tuned. I believe the case comes to the Supreme Court in October. I always find it interesting when far-right Christian conservative politicians who regularly vote against LGBT rights and legislation find themselves on the other side of those values they publicly profess. For instance, virulently anti-gay Congressman Tim Murphy publicly admitted this week to having an extramarital affair with a personal friend, issuing a statement about a current divorce action. Murphy isn't a party to the divorce, but the husband in the case, a sports medicine physician, asked in July to depose the congressman as part of his divorce from his wife, a forensic psychologist. Murphy's attorney hoped to quash the subpoena, saying that the affair was already out in the open and indicating that the subpoena was really about embarrassing Murphy. And so, Murphy ultimately issued this statement. Last year, I became involved in an affair with a personal friend. This is nobody's fault but my own, and I offer no excuses. 
To the extent that there should be any blame in this matter, it falls solely on me. I ask the media to respect the privacy of my family. They have done nothing wrong and deserve to be left alone. I think that's a perfectly fine statement. However, in the future, I would tell Mr. Murphy, ye who protesteth the loudest, doeth the mostest. Or, those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Just to remind you, Murphy voted against the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, against the Matthew Shepard Hate Crimes Act, against the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and for a constitutional ban on same-sex marriage. He has a 0% rating from the Human Rights Campaign. All of this, I'm certain, is based on his deeply held religious beliefs. Look in a mirror, Congressman. Look in a mirror. A new study conducted by Stonewall asked 5,000 members of the LGBTQ community in Britain about hate crimes and discrimination. The results may or may not surprise you. For instance, 38% of all respondents reported being afraid to hold their partner's hand in public. That number jumped to 58% among gay men. 21% have experienced a hate crime or incident due to their sexual orientation and or gender identity in the past 12 months. 81% who experienced a hate crime or incident didn't report it to the police. 10% have experienced homophobic, biphobic, or transphobic abuse online, directed towards them personally in the last month. I have to admit a few years ago, a straight friend of mine was surprised when I casually mentioned that I rarely hold my husband Michael's hand in public. We just didn't feel that safe over the years, and over time, it was a habit that we just fell out of. That anxiety crept into our private life, and now I'm aware that we practically never hold hands at all. Societal pressures basically beat it out of us. I'm not proud to admit that, but I think it's a reality a lot of gay men can admit to. Hopefully, We'll see progress on that front in the near future. And a new study from Stanford University found that a computer algorithm could, in the majority of cases, identify whether a person was gay or straight just by scanning a picture of his or her face. The algorithm was accurate in 81% of cases for men and 74% for women, and that jumped to 91% and 83% respectively if given five photographs of a person. Now, for context, the study also showed that a human trying to ascertain a person's sexual orientation was correct 61% of the time for men and 54% of the time for women. The algorithm looked at both facial features and grooming, which suggests that genetic factors are at play which could physically distinguish queer people from their straight peers. From the study, quote, Consistent with the prenatal hormone theory of sexual orientation, gay men and women tended to have gender atypical facial morphology, expression, and grooming styles, end quote, which is a fancy way to say that gay men and lesbian women dress and act the way they feel. It's important to note that the researchers also acknowledge that there's a danger in developing programs like this. They wrote, Given that companies and governments are increasingly using computer vision algorithms to detect people's intimate traits, our findings expose a threat to the privacy and safety of gay men and women. And I have to admit, when you think of this in a global view, 
in parts of the world where being gay is socially unacceptable or illegal, such software could pose a serious threat to LGBT safety. Here's hoping that the people who found this algorithm and continue to work on it keep it in perspective. Because if you can start profiling people based on their appearance and identifying them and then maybe doing horrible things to them, that would be a really, really bad thing. In entertainment news, celebrating the launch of her 15th season on the air, talk show host Ellen DeGeneres shared with Ryan Seacrest this week that in the beginning, quote, this was a show that nobody wanted to buy, end quote. Said Ellen, they really didn't think anyone would want to watch a lesbian during the day, and at the time, nobody wanted to see a lesbian at night either, so I was really out of options, end quote. This was in 2003, just five years after Ellen came out on her sitcom and saw her career shut down in many ways. She also added that once her talk show was picked up for national syndication, she was told directly to avoid talking about her private life or sexual orientation. As an example, she said, quote, I remember there was something that happened to my finger and I was in a relationship and I was going to say, we and they wouldn't let me say we, because all of a sudden, someone was going to picture a woman in my life, end quote. She went on to say it felt horrible, because I had worked so hard to be truthful and to come to terms with my shame of hiding something that I knew was not wrong, but society was telling me it was wrong. She worried that having lost part of her audience when she came out, she would now lose her gay and gay supportive audience who would be angry at her for hiding. Now, on the show and in her stand-up act, DeGeneres is very open about her life and her relationships, and I would say a lot of her success, becoming the new Oprah, basically, comes from being the real, authentic Ellen. Audiences are smart and can pick up on these things. So congratulations to Ellen, and here's to year 15. It was a great week for openly transgender actress Laverne Cox of Orange is the New Black fame. First, she was announced as one of the faces of Beyonce's Ivy Park clothing line. And now, ABC has greenlit the pilot for her upcoming new series, Spirited. In the network drama, Cox plays a fake psychic who discovers she really can communicate with the dead. In a change of heart, she decides to leave behind her con artist ways and start using her powers for good. This is sounding a little bit like Odame Brown, Whoopi Goldberg's Academy Award-winning role in Ghost. You in danger, girl. Earlier this season, Cox became the first openly transgender lead on a network series starring on CBS's short-lived legal drama, Doubt. While the series only lasted two episodes, mmm, wah-wah, sad trombone sound, CBS did air the entire season this summer as a replacement series. In queer cinema news, I want to urge you to head over to therandyreport.com and look for the short film Shower. The Norwegian short film directed by Henry K. Norvals has been featured at many prestigious film festivals around the world and is now online in full for the first time. The queer short explores repressed sexuality and its consequences. Here's the official description. A man enters the shower after working out, but is soon sidetracked by an unidentified noise. 
he decides to seek out the source and enters a situation that leaves him completely exposed. As I've mentioned in the past, I'm a big fan of short films, especially with my famously short attention span, but also because big messages can be expressed in a short amount of time. If you search on therandyreport.com for shower, you'll find it. I found it provocative and surprising. It definitely doesn't go where you think it's headed, and it leaves you thinking. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you click the subscribe button on my page on iTunes, and then every time I upload a new episode, it'll be sent straight to you automatically. Also, I constantly see folks asking friends on social media for podcast recommendations, and we love it when folks spread the word about this here news magazine podcast. So I'd appreciate it if you would. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I'm going to close out this episode with a little bit of a new song from one of my favorite out music artists, Jeb Havens. Jeb is an international recording artist who recently returned from touring the entire world. And when I say the entire world, I mean for a year. But the first thing he did when he got back was check out the music scene and reinvigorate his Closet Covers series, where he covers pop songs in his closet because he likes the sound. The clothes and everything baffle everything and surround it, make it all sound good. Anyway, I think Jeb is super talented, and he covered one of my favorite new songs, Pink's new song, What About Us? I really encourage you to head to YouTube, search for Jeb Havens, and subscribe to his channel because I think his music and his recordings are terrific. I was in Mexico recently, and I happened to be in the same town as he was where he was giving a concert. I attended, and next to me was a very distinguished music director from Los Angeles, who after three songs, listening intently, turned to me and goes, Who is this guy? He's awesome! I don't mean to brag, but I think he's terrific. So head to YouTube, check out Jeb Havens. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Randy Report. And here's Jeb Haven's cover of What About Us? We are searchlights we can see in the dark We are rockets pointing up at the stars We are billions of beautiful hearts And you so too far What about us What about all the times you said you had the answers What about us What about all the broken happy ever afters What about us What about all the plans that ended in disaster What about love trust what about us we are problems that want to be solved